Those who are new to the call, um, I'm Coach Chelsea. I'm from Tallahassee. Um, uh, just a little bit about me. I coach girls basketball and I'm an educator. Um, but I'm super excited about Miss Jackie McWilliams today because I'm also a CIAA member for life. Um, and I'm super excited because Miss Jackie McWilliams is the commissioner. Um, and at the time of her appointment, she was the first black commissioner to hold that spot of the CIAA, which is the best conference in the nation. Um, I'm being biased, but I mean it. Um, so I'm so excited to have you here, Miss McWilliams. I'm telling you because I watched you. We talked a little bit before um, you guys logged on and she said, Chelsea, I have to ask you, like everybody else, how did you, you know, select me? And I told her, I said, I've been watching for a very long time, longer than you know. And I think that that's one of the biggest things as servant leaders, moving how God wants us to move and not how people are wanting us to be seen. If you move how God wants to wants you to move, there's people like me that are always watching and they grow from you. So thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited. And I'm going to go ahead and turn the torch over to you. Oh, thank you, Chelsea. Um, such a pleasure to be here. I felt like I was preparing, like I was preaching today. But, um, you know, going through my Bible today and as I do my devotion, I, I actually was talking to my daughter before this call and, um, and shared some stuff with her that I was going to talk about. And I just told her, like, you know, the, the greatest um, gift of coaching and leading and having the book of play is the Bible. Like, I just kept turning and finding different things to fill my spirit and my soul today as I do every day. So I'm looking forward to the next hour or less with you all and, and hope that you will have some questions. And Chelsea, thank you for seeing me and watching me. I think it's a testament of, of what we have to do as people of faith and Christians and how we live our lives every day and how we want people to see us and view us as we want, as we view Christ as our leader. Um, and it's really exciting because I love talking about God and leadership. Um, and I do in every single presentation. This one is a little bit different um, because it's centered around, you know, a Bible study. You know, most of the presentations that I do on servant leadership I always add in um, parts of my faith that I, is, is, it's important because I don't ever want to be ashamed of who I serve every day and why I'm in the position and the platforms that I get to serve in, even as a former coach where I started my career in, that I said I would never, ever coach. And look what God did. He put me in that position and opened up new doors for me beyond my imagine, imagination. So I wanted to share some stuff with you today. But before that, if we can just pray, because um, I've really been asking God to, to show me and, and give me direction in this time with you as we fellowship together as sisters in Christ. And, um, and the prayer really comes from the word. Um, there's a prayer in every scripture, in every piece of the Bible um, that you can name. And as I was turning, I'm like, God, here's the prayer for this day. It's not even my prayer, it's yours. And so we can just um, humble ourselves in the moment of, of prayer for a second here. Um, just so that we can remember who God is. Um, and God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for bringing sisters and brothers together to understand and, and know your word a little bit better today. Thank you for servant leadership and what that means to all of us, no matter what the positions that we are in. I pray for every person, every coach, administrator that's on this call today that seeks more understanding of their own walk and understanding of you. I keep asking God, um, just my glorious Father, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and the revelation so that we would know you better. And I pray that your, our eyes and our hearts are open and we're enlightened in order to know the hope that you give us, that you've called us, the riches in his glorious inheritance in the saints, in his comparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. And so we thank you for that strength today in the conversation that we're about to have just about you, amen. Okay, awesome. So let me share a little something for you. It's kind of my guide. So you all, I think everybody here coach or your administrator, but whatever you do, there's nothing like having um, the, the guidance that will kind of lead your conversation and, and your playbook. So this is gonna guide me today um, as we talk through um, what I want to talk to you about today. So can everybody see my screen? Okay. Awesome. 
So what I wanted to talk to you about is kind leadership. I think kind leadership is really important to um, being a servant leader. No matter what your position is, I think we all have the ability to be more kind. I mean, that's what the world is looking for. And thank God, God is as kind as he is to us um, and gives us the grace that he does. And the one thing that I've learned as a leader, but even through coaching, it took me a while, is that James 1.19 is a great starting point of being kind. You know, we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, and it's interesting, depending on where you grew up from or the household, you know, I grew up in a very intense home of military. I grew up with a father who was alcoholic um, and mental abuse seemed like that was the livelihood of my life. And so learning how to manage my own temperament and how I treated others based on what my own community and culture was, was something that I had to practice. And so, and this is what gives me practice, understanding God's word and what he says about it. I don't know if you ever read the book um, by Rick Warren or his, um, um, what's the, the book, I have it right here, the, the life, Purpose Driven Life, sorry. But he talks about spiritual gifts, heart and abilities and personalities. You know, these are the things that shape you. These are the things that make you who you are. And I truly believe that's true. And so when you have the heart of Jesus and knowing who he is, you know, that shape just really helps identify your growth and the opportunities. It also challenges, challenges you in those areas that you may have struggled in. So here are some things that I want to share with you. I want to share my mission of serving in leadership, um, what it means to have the characteristics of being a servant leader, and living to serve in coaching with kindness. You know, even though I'm a commissioner, I'm still a coach. I still talk to terms of coaching. I coach my team every day. We have different teams that I uh, coach separately on their playbook, um, but collectively we come together and every day we're striving to win. And so, you know, coaching or talking about coaching in the terms of sports is real easy for me because that's the, the world that I live in. And so that's how I wanna share this opportunity with you all on this platform. Um, even if you're a coach, even if you're a commissioner, even if you're an educator, even if you're a student, you know, we're all learning and we're all learning to be great coaches. Um, I see Jesus as my coach, right? He gives me the playbook every single day. Um, and sometimes I don't follow the plays right. And I've got to ask for his forgiveness and he gives me a grace and he gets me off the bench one more time. So I'm just thankful for this day that he's allowed me to have. So I think everyone should have a mission. And if you don't have a mission, you have to have a mission. What guides you every single day? You know, I know that my, my day is to be a blessing and be blessed, to bless and be a blessing every single day to make a difference in other people's lives. I stand on that mission. That has been my mission for a very long time as I started in my career and I've shaped it and I molded, molded it so that it fits my day, daily walk. So when I get up and I pray and I do my meditation, even on the hardest days, I know that whatever I do today, I have to be a blessing to someone. I have to bless their life in some kind of way. And matter of fact, I got to bless my own life as well by speaking encouragement, encouraging words to myself and empowering myself. When I was a former student athlete at Hampton University, um, I played there 87 and 91, played on the Division II National Championship team, played in the CIAA when they were Division II, played with some of the most remarkable women in the game um, and had the opportunity like you all do if you're a coach or no matter where you are to take your players and expose them to the best of life. Um, the one thing that I was certain of as a, a college student athlete that I never lost the planet seed that my mother gave me. I may have strayed, I may have made some bad decisions, but the one thing that I remember, I played volleyball too, every game I get prepared for the game and I can remember taking the ball and just throwing it up to myself and setting it to myself, getting myself focused. And so I've always used the word focus as a template to guide me as part of my mission statement. I wanna be a difference to make a difference, but how do I do that? I've gotta stay focused. So why, how do I stay focused? I understand my faith and where my day starts. It starts with him. I understand that being positive and speaking optimism and words of affirmation, you all have met or you could be the one that you are half empty all the time. And when you meet people, you give them nothing in the glass or you meet people and everybody has 100%, their glass is full. Now, by the time they're finished with you in that moment, they may be empty because they brought nothing to the table. 
but how do you add something to them, a value, so that their glass feels a little bit more full than it did before they started with you? And the choices that I made, not just as a student athlete, not just as a, a, a commissioner, but the choices I make in my relationships as a mother, the choices that I make in the decisions in my home, they are all important as part of my focus and being a difference and leaving a legacy for my family. And I know that because I've prayed about it and God has been very clear to me what that focus is. So I'm intentional about it. But also the uniqueness. We all have uniqueness about ourselves. What makes us different? What makes us separated? separate from others. And God is very clear that he all gave us, he knows the number of hairs on our head. He's very clear about who you are and where you're going. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, yellow, or orange, he still loves you despite that. And he's clearing a path for all of us. And then self-awareness, making sure that I'm very clear about who I am, the talents that I bring, and the talents that are brought to me that I have a responsibility to manage right, as a servant leader. So that is the focus, and that's part of my vision and part of my statement. And then the biblical mentors. Now, when I do this, the other presentations, I always list Jesus. But I didn't think until the day as I was reading, like, who truly are my mentors, particularly when it comes to the Bible? It is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, but even more so, I love the book of Esther. I love the story of Esther. I listen, watch it every Thanksgiving as part of the Esther, my daughter is just like, do we have to watch it again? Absolutely. Christmas, I watch Esther. Part of it, my godmother was a very strong Christian um, and really helped me in my servant leadership as a commissioner when I started here. Those moments that I felt like giving up, she reminded me that I was a, a woman of God. I was a, a daughter of God, that he is he's my everything and I should be focused on him. But even more so, she wanted me to watch the story of Esther and just how courageous she was and how she was willing to take risk um, and give up a lot and, and have fear, but very courageous in order to make change in the lives of others in her community. And so that's why I loved Esther. And then the other thing is the wife of a noble character. You men might have something too. I think you should have that as yours as well. But the Proverbs 31 reminds me really how, how much strength I do have as a woman and my responsibility to lead in my community and my family. So here are some scriptures um, that I love. These are go-tos, and it's funny, I went in my Bible to make sure that I was in alignment with all those scriptures. I keep them in my phone, I keep them in places, I keep them in my heart. And I'm sure if you don't know, you've gotta have a scripture in your heart somewhere in those toughest times. These are ones that I keep very near and dear to me for a lot of reasons. Psalm 23, that he just shows me grace, exactly grace, grace and mercy, Proverbs 3. He demonstrates the, the trust that I should have in him, whatever I do. Proverbs 31, he reminds me that he built me for this. Like, I am built to be the commissioner right now in this place, in this time, as you are built to be the coaches or administrators wherever you are. Proverbs 16, I've never taken a job, even when I coach for a small, I coach for four years, but I've never taken a job, even when I moved from women's basketball and coach men's basketball for a year without asking God getting direction on that plan for my life. Proverbs 16 clearly talks about that he knows your plans better than you and they're not my plans. So I lead all my mentees and people that I talk to about, you know, don't get it mixed up about what you want to do. What is it that God has asked you or told you to do? And then Ecclesiastes 3.1.6, I've been saying this one probably since March 16 when COVID-19, it is God's plan and it's his time. It is his time. And so while we're all trying to make decisions about whether we're going to have sports or not, I think we should all be listening to God about what he says, about stopping everything so that he, we're focused on what he wants for us to do. The CIAA did cancel its fall championships this fall, and we did it with intent. We did it with prayer, um, and we did it with servant leadership. Who do we serve and who are we supposed to protect based on who God has told us and the platforms that we have to make that decision? And then how to love. First Corinthians 13, every wedding has that, but it's beyond weddings. It's a marriage with Christ that demonstrates how we should be in love with him and how we should love others. And then Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit. Those are just simple things. That's why I have a hard time to figure out why are we in this disarray all the time? Because if you love the Lord and you understand who he is and what he is and what he can do, then being in love with him 
should allow you to love others and see the fruit of the spirit in everyone, despite what we look like and who we are in the places that we come from. And then Philippians 4, 67, I say this all the time. I am a person who has had dealt with anxiety, um, depression, and all those things that some of you may have dealt with or know people who dealt with because of fear of failure. Um, and this scripture reminds me not to be anxious for anything because at the end of the day, and just come with him in prayer. I come to God in prayer for everything. I don't care if it's a snack. I'm just thankful that he has given me something to eat when I know there's other people who don't. So in this world that we live in, as we talk about in athletics, I'm sure you've heard people or, or speeches that talk about the hands, the heart, and the head. Um, I live by that too. My hands are everything and being able to harvest and do the best that I can to pitch in where I can. Even as a commissioner, I don't ever think I'm too good to do X, Y, and Z. If I was coaching, I never thought I was too good to put up the net or to help my student athletes or to help another coach or to help another person in the program. That's a responsibility that we have all been given to be better servant leaders with our hands. He's given us that gift. In Galatians 6, 9, reminds us of that. Don't worry about, don't be worried about being good. I think I tweeted that the other day, um, but just know that in, in the proper time, God is going to, you're gonna reap the benefit based on what he's asked you to do. And then the heart, there's so many scriptures about the heart, love and grace. I always tell my team, I don't care what our membership does, what our student athletes do, you know, we give more grace than anybody gives us, but that doesn't matter um, because God gives us grace. But how do we find that through Psalm 23, 1 John, you know, 1 Corinthians, find those scriptures that really show you what grace is, because we're so often and caught up about what we want and what we need. We're so angry about what people won't do. We're so disappointed about what we can't control that giving grace sometimes is very hard and even loving is even harder. God didn't tell me I had to like everybody, but he definitely did say I need to love everybody. And there is a difference on that in respecting and valuing people through the love of Christ. And then the head, the wisdom, you know, that is important. Every day we grow, every year that I get another age, I know that he is preparing me and getting me wiser um, to respond and to be more responsive and not reactive. And so his word talks about that as well. So the plans are there. The book is your, it's your playbook, um, sisters and brothers, just to live on every single day and to guide you through these unknowns that sometimes we're not clear about. But he has given clarity um, in his word and has made it clear for us. So here's some characteristics I found in servant leadership. It's in Philippians 2, and I read it and just start pulling out just words and things that spoke to me. You know, if you're going to be a, a servant leader and you're going to be a servant coach or you're going to be a servant commissioner or whatever you are, like I said, you got to love. You got to know what the purpose is. You got to have the spirit to want to do it. Um, you got to be selfless. You know, the, I've coached, um, and it's just funny how coaches can go back and forth. Everybody thinks they have a competitive edge. Right now, you know, people are worried about, well, if you're not playing in the fall and somebody else does, is that going to prepare you better than me? It might. But at the end of the day, again, what are you driven and who are you working for? You know, being considerate, having humility, not complaining. I tell my team, if you don't have a solution, then don't complain. And be prayerful about whatever you're going to complain about. And then let's find a solution so that we can win in this together. And having the courage. So if you read Philippians 2, I think that's what pulled out for me. It may pull out something different from you. But that's where I see kind servant leadership. And it speaks about it in the Bible. So my preacher preached uh, this Sunday uh, about getting your second win. He talked about how... You know, this COVID thing, just it just has been knocking us out day to day. We've been getting knocked out about it. But the beauty of it is, is that he, he just says we can get our second win. You know, we can prepare. Continue to prepare the way that you've been preparing, but you might have to prepare a little different, right? Eliminate those things that are getting in your way or don't belong in your space. I mean, as much as Netflix, I like Netflix. I thought today, if I spent more time reading my word, maybe I won't be as frustrated about what I'm watching on Netflix, right? But I'm a Netflix binger. Uh, and then concentration. How do you stay focused, as I said earlier, so that you can be motivated um, with your second win? Like to me, this COVID has knocked us out and we all get a second win. I see most 
and creative things that are happening around children, around learning, around education. The hardest part for me is that I, I work in college athletics. I've been, I'm 51, I've been playing sports since I was a kid. And I don't know what it's like to be in this place. Yeah, I can go outside and work out. I can get on the treadmill, I can do weights. My daughter plays volleyball. We're trying to be creative on her staying um, you know, fit. But not to actually be out on the field or the court just doesn't feel right to me. So I'm really asking God to show me and prepare me to get on the other side of that and what to do in the interim. How do you still be able to motivate the people that you get to coach every single day and you can't be in front of them in the same way that you have six months ago? That, that's, the, that's the question I think that we're all trying to figure out. And I believe that God will show that to us in some way or form. So living to serve. Um, here are some things I think are really important as you're trying to get the motivation and you're sitting idle right now. For me, I think I'm learning and finding truly what my frailties are and my strengths in my position. I am built for this. Every decision, people think that I'm worried about the decision. I'm not because I did exactly what, we, what I said in the last slide. We prepared. We prepared to make the decision. We had all the information. Um, as you will prepare to figure out how to keep your athletes motivated in this space as well, you're doing that work. But be guided uh, by God, uh, because whatever you do, it's got to be from your heart. And you got to be intentional about what you want those outcomes are. Because I serve God. I don't serve humanity. So that's why it's nice to have others around you, even my board, who are faith followers, um, who lead through faith, who see hope, to have decisions that I know collectively we have all been intentional about praying on. And sometimes there may be one or two that don't have the same faith as you. But there's power in numbers when there is faith on your board, particularly for me, to get things done. But I think being honest, living to serve, you got to understand your passion and purpose and why, the why, the why you do what you do. Look for nothing in return. Be authentic and true to yourself. Work beyond your differences. Embrace your power and see your platform. It's interesting. I'm on Zoom presentations and people ask me to speak all the time and none of them connect. This is very different than the one I will be on tomorrow or tonight. Um, this is very different than I was on last week uh, for social justice and race. Um, but whatever it is, who I am is still the same. I'm still serving and sitting on a platform as a commissioner, but serving somebody bigger than me who gives me the word, who gives me strength and who gives me hope to be in these uh, positions and these platforms and, and, and in order for others to see God. Like, so when I speak and I hope that when you see me and you see my heart, that you see that I love the Lord and that he's someone that I, he is my mentor. He is the person that guides my day to day and that my heart and my actions show it. So just remember who you say, serve and have faith and trust no matter where you are and don't be afraid of that. So I've been on this whole thing of kindness. So I'll break it down to you. It's kind, um, but coaching with kindness. As I had told a leadership group of women a few weeks ago, about a month ago, that I see my role as a commissioner as I'm coaching every single day. And I'm leading. I'm leading in coaching uh, with kindness. How do I be a better kind leader? How do you be a better kind coach? Um, part of that is keep loving. That's my K right? That's God's greatest ask of us is to love one another. How do you be inclusive in your love? How do you create culture on your team with love? How do you be the example and demonstrate love in your relationships, in your friendships, in your communication? And then be intentional. Um, that's the I, to communicate the way you want others to communicate with you. Now, if you communicate nasty and you don't think that's right and somebody communicates with you nasty and you think that's wrong, then check yourself. That's self-awareness of the feedback. I think a lot of us, particularly, you know, it took me a long time to feel okay with feedback and not that somebody was trying to judge me or make me feel worse than I already felt. And that self-awareness of owning, owning those feelings of feeling like I was being criticized, opposed to owning that maybe somebody was giving me some feedback to help me be better and to grow. So listen and respond for the win-win. 
you know, be intentional on how you communicate, how you want to communicate, and who you're communicating with, with, and how, what outcomes do you desire? My coach um, at Hampton, um, my, I had two coaches, but my second coach that I graduated with, he was a yeller. He was a fusser. Oh my gosh. Like, and because I grew up in a household of stuff, he didn't bother me as much as he bothered my other teammates. I could just play through it. And when he sat me down, I just learned how to sit down and get refocused and be ready to play the game. But not everybody's like that. And I think you have to be intentional about the differences of the people that you're talking to every day because they take communication differently because they are different. We're not all the same. And God created us that. And then the other thing is hold people accountable that are negative. Like, don't come to me complain. I tell my team, don't complain to me about what a staff person did. Did you go to them in kindness and share what they said, maybe what they did to make you feel the way that you feel? I try to teach my daughter, I have been teaching my daughter to use her voice. How do you use it? She's 14. How do you communicate and use your voice with people who may not want to listen or people who might be receive you differently because you are using your voice? Pray. I always tell her, pray. Pray that one, I'll pray people right out of my circle, negative people. You don't get to live on my Facebook page or anything. My tweet, if you tweet something nasty, you block, delete it, and gone. You don't get to do that. Um, your opinion is your opinion, but what I use my platforms for um, are not for negative energy. And so you have to be able to understand to get rid of that. That's part of being kind. And then the last thing I would say with kind leadership is dance. Now, you could literally dance or you don't have to dance, but at the end of the day, uh, when you dance or you find that song, it helps you find that rhythm, even if it's in your head. You got to find, you know, the, the book of Psalm and, and my preacher every morning when he sings at seven o'clock, he always has a song to go with the scripture. Like, I don't know how he knows all the songs. Sometimes I'm tickled because he just, he just picks a song and he sings. And it's just amazing how your hearts and your spirits will change based on that song. So whatever it is, find your theme song to get that, the, the good vibes you need for yourself, but also what you will bring to others. And then one of my favorite activists, she's, she's um, deceased, but I have one of her books and met, met one of her uh, mentees years ago, but I read her book. It's so endearing. But she said, if you have to be willing to see giving unconditionally as something that you can do because you recognize that your beneficiaries are human beings. And I think that's how God sees us as well. Like he knows the benefits um, that we receive by him, get, by him giving his life away for us um, and the benefits that we have by being able to serve on the platforms that we do um, on his benefits. So to me, that, that's a blessing and to find those individuals that have the heart of Christ. So here's some reminders. I would say this could be your homework or not, but these are things for me that I, these are reminders for myself as I'm trying to be the best leader um, and to follow God in his word, self-love and awareness. So I'm always thinking, how can I keep loving? How can I love better and love harder? You know, check my heart every day, have some compassion, have some grace, trust, Trust is a hard thing for a lot of people. If you break my trust, it's hard to get back in that space, but God can show you how to allow that space to be open again with anybody. You just have to be open and available to it. And then being intentional, you know, that's that I again. These are things that I have to be intentional about being productive and not giving up. Even in those moments of anxiety, taking deep breaths and just giving it to God. Um, in the moments I'm feeling depression, take those deep breaths and give it to God and call out what it is and why I feel. As Joyce Meyer says, it's all feelings, right? Feelings are feelings. Feelings will make you and create stories that are not even true. But if you can just follow who God is, he's already telling you the truth just in his playbook and his word. And then um, here again, culture and community. We all have the ability, no matter inside or outside. So inside your family, inside your community, inside your teams, or outside of any of that. The negativity can destroy souls. I have chosen, and I'll share with you, um, I have really struggled with the relationship with my father. And unfortunately, uh, I have not spoken to him till November. 
And that has been really, really painful for me. But there's energy there that dampers my spirit. He's not a man of faith. Um, and so I don't need to be reminded that he's not a man of faith by how he treats and how he communicates to me. It's very clear. And because of my codependency, I'm always looking for ways to please him. Well, God reminded me in that moment when I looked right in my dad's face that he is my earthly father, but he's not the father who gives me grace and who loves me and speaks kind words. And I'm okay to leave that space the way that it is. And so that's hard. That's a daily, daily prayer because to have a parent but not have a parent present is really tough. So I'll be honest and say, I'm working through that every day. My mother died 13 years ago and she was a mediator of women of faith. And I miss her for being that mediator for me and my family. And because she's not here, I have tried to take that on. And God has reminded me once again, it is not for me to own that and keep that for myself and to give that to him and let him work it out and be okay with it. So I'm not going back to get it back and I'm not gonna call him and text him because God has already given me the permission to be okay with where I left it in November. And guess what, he can still heal. I just don't know what that timing is and I have to accept that. And then Dan, so even in this moment of what my heart is feeling, I do have a song in my heart and he loves me, I know that and the grace and mercy that he's given me and what he has shown me. And I am blessed and highly favored by the Clark sisters. That is my theme song. I walked on that song when I got my Hall of Fame award at Hampton University. They asked me what my song was and I walked up to blessed and highly favored. He didn't have to give me another chance. He didn't have to live, let me live at 10 years old when I tried to commit suicide. And he definitely didn't have to give me another chance when I was 25 and thought about it when I was coaching and felt like that I wouldn't be a good coach and that I wouldn't be a good, a good daughter and that I couldn't be. He reminded me who I was. And so I'm telling you from my own experience, I know who he is for me and you got to find him for his, yourself. I told my daughter, I can show you and plant those seeds, but the best thing ever is that you know Christ for yourself. When you leave this home, you got to know him for himself. You can't say, I just went to church and my mom took me to church. You got to know him beyond church. You got to know him beyond, beyond what everybody else says and not be ashamed of who you are as a 14-year-old Christian girl. I've known God since I was 10. April 1st, April 1st, uh, what was it, 1976 or whatever it was, I gave my life to Christ and I remember at 10 years old. That was after I tried to commit suicide and my parents knew, never knew about it. So I was very intentional and knew exactly what God spoke into my life. So my best servant leader and example to you all is Jesus Christ. He is so awesome. He is merciful. He is the power of all things and everything. And I said I wasn't gonna cry, but you know what, Jesus cried, so, so what? He is that good to me. I know, even through decisions last week, he gave me peace, he gave me kindness, and he reminded me who I was. And a decision was never about me, it was about him. And that's why I know he is. And your best resource, I can give you a million books to read. I got them all over the place, but I'm telling you just from the day I deleted all of that, that is the resource, is your holy word. That will get you through anything, everything, despite what others say. And then I'll share this with you. My sister uh, at True North Sport, and some of you have maybe been in, but Celia, she's a woman of God. We went through a program together, and she sent me her, um, this book, man, and I'm not trying to promote her. I'm just telling you. I was blessed by her program. So I put it there because she's a woman of faith. And she believes in helping coaches move through their journey, not just through the X and O's. And she encouraged me and empowered me. We encourage and empower each other um, just to remember about being kind leaders, being kind coaches, and being kind to one another. So that is the gist of my kind leadership to you all. Um, so I'll stop sharing there and just see um, if you have any questions or thoughts or share or whatever, but I'm just thankful for who God is in my life. And I hope that you continue to know who he is. And if you're not clear about who he is, that you ask somebody and that you pray. And if you don't know Christ, 
that hopefully I say something today that will draw you closer to him. Um, because honestly, I don't know. Being a commissioner, it's not me, y'all. I'm telling you. I know I'm not, I'm not dumb, but I'm not the smartest chick in the world. I just know that there's somebody that whispers things in my ear. I have left meetings and I have prayed. I have gone to my hotel room on big decisions and said, God, shut all the noise out and just show me. Give me the wisdom. Give me the guidance and help me help these young people be the best that they can be and everyone around me. And I promise you, he gives it to me and they approve it every single time. It ain't me. I'm telling you, it is God. It's my faith and my trust in believing in something that's bigger and better than me. But it's also understanding that it's never about me. That's why my mission is what it is. So praise God for who he is and what he's capable of doing for all of your lives today and forevermore. Or something else. I was sitting over here like, wait, hold on. I still hadn't caught my breath. There was just from start to finish and everybody, you can see everyone's reaction because while you were talking, we were over here in the chat box. Praise. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that actually is one of my favorite songs as well. Blessed and highly favored by the Clark sisters. And, and what just went over into my head is that part where it said, it could have been me. It could have been me. It should have been, been me. If it wasn't for the blood. For the blood. So I thank you so much just for, for, for sharing that. And, you know, I tell you that song moves me just like that. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to open it up. For those that are new, we're family here. There's no type of way that we do it. If you have something to say, question, comment, just unmute yourself and go for it. Yeah. Jackie, this is uh, Chris Hobbs. That was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Jackie, kind of on a practical standpoint, what, what's something that you've learned about leading during this, this coronavirus experience? That's great. Um, thank you, uh, Dr. Hobbs. I, um, what I learned was, you know, when we shut everything down, um, it gave me a moment to, to shut down too, in the moment. I mean, I know we were all still running around, um, but what I've learned is that when you are led by your faith in what God speaks to you, um, that making decisions and leading other people is easier. You know, if I'm chaotic, then the rest of the people around me are chaotic, right? If I'm unprepared, then the rest of the people around me are unprepared. So you'll never catch me unprepared because God has given me all the tools I need to be prepared. And he has surrounded me by the people to help with the preparation. I'm always prepared for the game, right? I have a call on Thursday with my board again, and everybody has their play to play in the part of the game. And I let them do their part because part of being a leader is letting other people's gifts rise and shine through even critical moments. And you can see when those who are not prepared but my job is to help them get prepared. That's what God does for us, right? So even in COVID-19, I have a t-shirt. I bought two t-shirts, Faith Over Fear. I had to wear those weekly. I was doing Faith Friday to remind myself. I was doing posts to remind me as fearful as I was. Let me start fearful for my own job. So let me be selfish and say, am I going to have a conference to work for? And am I going to be able to sustain the things that I have worked hard for? You know, so I had to be prepared and prayerful about that. And then God just said, stop worrying about you. You know, you are here to serve me and you have people that are waiting and needing you. So once I did that, then it allowed me to prepare a budget better. It allowed me to get plans on what alternatives was. It was allowed to, to be thoughtful about the people, the students, to get them engaged. My whole thought process changed once I took it off of what I was afraid of and gave it to God. So COVID-19 definitely is giving us all lessons. Matter of fact, I, I am one, one woman of color of 24 commissioners. There's three, four women, and I'm one of color, and there's three uh, white females. And that group is a very strong group of friends and colleagues. They asked me how I was feeling during COVID and, and Black Lives Matter movement. And again, it's one of those moments when you take a breath and say, God, lead this conversation for me. Because I know how I feel and what I want to say. But what do I need to say so that we can still be on this accord of moving things together? 
And so even the COVID-19, where I stood back in March when I said, we're not having fall championships because God has already made it clear. He done put all the stats out there. He done shut the country down. So we can do all the things we need to do to prepare just in case some miracle happens. But something spoke to me there, and you can ask any of my staff or my board chair back in the day, and I left it right there, and we continued to do the work. But he was very clear. So I think, Dr. Hobbs, listening and being very clear about what you see, right? We're trying to make things happen that we don't have control of, and the one person that does have control of is God, and he ain't giving me no clear path to go out and play a game during COVID-19. If I'm not putting my daughter out there, why would God put me out there? So, or put somebody else's child out there. So that's me. I can't speak for everybody else, but I know how I'm being led and what is helping me lead my conference and the conversation. I know that was long-winded, but that's kind of where. That's kind no, of that, what that was great, Jackie. That was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Coach Kern. Hi. So good to see you. I've been overwhelmed with, first of all, I knew you'd be a rock star. I mean, that's never, <laughs> ever, ever changed. Um, first and foremost, I just can't thank you enough um, for everyone on this call. I did, took a week off last week and I missed the heck out of you guys. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> but I just, I've admired you from the, the first moment we met through a bunch of hard losses to some pretty good wins. Um, and not just wins on the court, but wins in life. And, and some tough times, like some really, really, really tough times. And I'm just over here so full. And then she started crying. I said, my God, I just spent the last couple of days crying. But um, this is you, what you see is what you get, guys. And, and this is truly what servant leadership is. It's really what servant leadership is because she leads so much with compassion and humility and empathy, um, understanding the walk of her life and knowing that our student athletes are walking that exact same walk, many of them over and over and over. And it's so important, but I think some of the things you said was blocked, deleted, and gone. And I put that in the chat because social media can, can either help or it can hinder. And at the end of the day, so many people are relying on your word that even if you just feel like in a haste putting something out there, the, the power is, is purely in our tongue and in our words and what you put out there manifests what's going to happen. And you've always, you've always done that. Um, respond and not react. You taught me that. You taught me that. I trust me, y'all. It was a handful. <laughs> I was a handful. And as I learned it for things to just unfold and do more and say less, that is a part of servant leadership. But the one thing that just hit home, because I just experienced this, you said value your dance partners. And this is where I'm going to get emotional. So hold on to it. My dad chose our daddy-daughter dance to Gladys Knight, I hope you dance. Mm -hmm. And for me, I hadn't danced in a long time. And the spirit just filled me with so much that mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to get on this call when I got back. Um, from Wisconsin, so I love you for everything that you are, everything you stand for. I'm so grateful you've been in my life and your light just shines to touch so many. And well over 10 years ago, you touched me and you're still touched me and I love you for it. So I'm glad you were on. Thank you, Coach Kern and congratulations to you, sister. You, you're Thank doing you. amazing things and, you know, just stay focused on why, on your why. You know, your story is your story. And that's the other thing. Nobody knows your story. We can't, none of us compare, can compare each other. We have one thing in common and that's that we love the Lord and we can't compare that. But how we got to that path is very different and how we tell that story during our walk to draw others. We have that responsibility because that's what he wants us to do. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for coaches like Coach Kern and the passion that you put behind coaching and the passion that you have with the students that you serve every day. They see us, they watch us, right? And we have to be those mentors. If it wasn't for my coaches, I don't know if I would be here. They're the ones who, whether they yelled or not, they encourage and empower me to be something better on the court and off the court. And I think that's, that's the gift of servant leadership. 
that it never ends. We're all servants every single day. Miss Jackie, Robert Knotts, uh, I'm an athletic director, basketball court, uh, coach at North Carolina. Um, I appreciate the word. I love the Bible. So when you start giving out scriptures, I got excited. Um, <laughs> the Bible says, uh, for God has, has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, joy, and a sound mind. And um, even in this season, um, we have to trust God and you have to get into this word because that's the only thing that's going to get us through it. Um, daily, I just, I, I people watch. And I watch people panic. I watch people get afraid. There's nothing wrong with crying because my natural feelings, I get that way too sometimes. But I go dig back to that word. God, okay, God, you're responsible for me. You're responsible for my staff. You're responsible for my children. So I'm not going to worry about these things because I'm putting this thing back on you. I trust you. I trust your word. I'm in this position because of you. So let my light shine so men and women might see your great work so that he might get the glory of heaven. And um, I just appreciate the... The love you have for God, I appreciate your heart. It's awesome. And um, Psalms 37 to 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you desires of your heart. There's some things you desire with your father. And I, I'm going to continue praying for you that that, that relationship will be mended. Um, um, it'll be mended. It's going to be mended. It's going to be mended. I, I believe God that, um, like Coach Kern says, words have power. So I'm believing God that he heals that relationship for you and um, keep doing a great work. I have never met you, but I watched you from a distance, and I appreciate the word for today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate this. Uh, you know, the, the question um, that was asked earlier about, you know, the whole COVID-19, um, and as I'm looking at the chat here, I do believe that leaders rise, rise through conflict and they rise. You will see who the leaders are. I have watched leaders, even through the Black Lives Matter and COVID, to sit back and wait for others. I have watched them not respond to one or the other in a way that has made their staff feel confident that they are leading in the way that they need to be led. And so I do feel, and I've had this conversation with my board, I've watched leaders rise. I've watched, they're watching me rise. And so it's nice to have that dance partners or partners around you to help motivate you um, while you're rising. Because there's nothing like being in dancing by yourself. Right, but that's why the body of Christ is so important to remind you that you're not in this by yourself. Don't isolate yourself in these moments. Find your life, your dancers with you, your coaching staff, your family, your friends, whoever that is, and have these hard, easy conversations um, that you need to. And Robert, I, I appreciate the prayers about my father. If all of you all could pray, I appreciate it because I haven't prayed about it anymore, honestly. I have given it up. And I'm just going to let God work it out however he wants to, because I, I just can't do it. He makes me tired. <laughs> I just love Miss Jackie. I just love your, your transparency with that, too. And that's one of the biggest things as leaders. We've been talking about authenticity and transparency. Um, you know, and I was listening to, I don't know if you all know, speak about dancing and music like your pastor. There's a young man named Lawrence Flowers, and he's over the group Lawrence Flowers at Intercession. Mm -hmm his music he's amazing and this young man is from Jacksonville Florida but he also was a part of Tallahassee's boy Tallahassee boys choir and I got to you know him a little bit as he grew up but he said something amazing last night as I was watching him he had sort of a you know thing on uh social media and it took back to what you said and what Kern brought up is you know you have to be mindful about people that you allow in your space and in your circle you know, you have to be a person that can feel that energy. And I think that's a part of leadership because sometimes you do, you know, I had a conversation this morning. It was like, mm, that just doesn't feel good to my spirit. And yeah. if it doesn't feel good to you physically, you're not going to allow it. If it doesn't feel good to you emotionally, you shouldn't allow it either. And mm -hmm. you know, he made a comment and he said, and it made me think of all of you. He said, you know, in our walk, social media is big. He said, but you can't pay attention to who's not following you, who's not applauding yeah. you said God will handle that he said but for those that are following you he said what good is us leading and sharing the word of God to people that already know it know it mm -hmm. job to speak and allow him to be learned by somebody that may not know him and if we can focus yeah. on those things those are things that make true you know servant leaders so I appreciate you for saying that and so I'm gonna give a moment I don't want to close it if anybody else has something to say but I just needed to say that because I was sitting over here like oh my god it was relevant 
Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, uh, what do I call you? Jackie? Jackie's fine. Did he freeze? You there? I think you're, yeah, your service has kind of got you freezing, buddy. <laughs> we'll give him a minute. Yeah. Anybody else while we see if Coach G's going to – wait, can you hear us, Coach G? Say something else. Something. There you go. Gotcha. You Let's go. <laughs> I think he froze again. Hey, Coach G, can you do me a favor? Can you type it in the chat box so that I can ask it for you or we can talk about it there? And I'll also take the time while he's doing it. Hopefully he heard me to say, you know, in that the biggest thing you said is God is my mentor. And isn't it funny how, you know, you even said when I first typed up this presentation, I didn't have that, you know, portion there. But sometimes we overlook that. And I think, you know, when I looked at your uh, tweet yesterday, when you uh, retweeted your flyer for today, and I laughed because people that know me, I don't get easily angered, if angered at all. It's a rarity. I am a very leveled person. You know, people tell me it's all about being healed and healed people here differently. So I don't really yeah. get angry and angered because healed people, you know, they hear differently. I can hear and give grace. Yeah you may be having a bad day. And so typically I don't get easily angered, but right before I saw your tweet, I got angry. And it's rare because I just feel it's so easy to be kind. And I think it was so huge what you said about, you know, at the end of the day, as leaders, we have to know how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Have to know how to talk to people because you can lose somebody just from how you speak. And yes, we can say different things about, well, you know, you can't get caught up in tone, you know, but yeah, you kind of can, because mm -hmm. if we're supposed to be mirroring what God has called us to be, mm -hmm. sometimes we're the only God people see and know. Yeah. That's their first mm -hmm. interview or their first invite to who Christ is. You've yeah. ruined that. And, yeah. so, and really made me angry because in a place where I'm like, why are you being rude? And basically the sentiment, it was just a person in a facility being very rude to people who didn't speak English well. Yeah, it bothered me because I said, these are probably some of the most prominent people in Tallahassee. You don't know. They just ask a simple question and you're being yeah. rude. And my tweet said, it's just so much easier to be kind. God called kind. And then you came on here today. I had no idea <laughs> what you'd be speaking about. And it was about being kind. Being God's word is the same no matter hey. yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you just, you know, prove that. <laughs> Coach G, did you ever put it here, buddy? I don't want to. Yeah, you, Coach D, you said, be careful of the word can't. These words have power. Don't limit yourself. I totally agree. My mom told me when I was a kid, um, and that's another scripture I didn't put in, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I mean, I can walk and, and say that a million times. Um, we're not allowed to say can't in my house, and we're not allowed to say can't in my office because we can do a lot of things, right? My, as my mom says, you put your mind to it, you can do a whole lot of things. Um, and can't to me means you not necessarily don't want to, right? I mean, you can't, is it, you can't because you don't want to, or you don't have the capability of doing it. There's a difference there than just saying, I can't get this or I can't. There may be some limitations, but again, you know, God knows exactly what you need and how you need it. And if you can trust wherever he has for you and accept that's what it is, that's the hard part. We don't want to believe um, that that's the limits that God has on us right now. It doesn't mean that there's not more later, but the can't, we don't, we're not allowed to say that. So I, I do, I love the strength of that. Absolutely. Um, my kids, my, my players, they owe me push-ups every time I hear it. Yeah. And everything's not going to always go your way, but um, you got to at least try it. If you fall short, cool, but. Don't just go camp before you even get started, and that's when we're gonna have a problem. Yeah. So before we got to get that out of that mentality out of your mind. Um, I got cut off earlier, so I'm gonna try to be brief. I'm gonna try to get the point across. Um, me and AT and T gonna fight because we got these connection issues. But just I wanna have thank you. 
Right. I guess everybody's at home, so maybe it's the broadband. I don't know, but this is not going to be working for me. Um, just wanted to thank you for coming on and, and, and sharing. It takes a lot to talk about certain things, especially you know personal stuff, especially getting on. And one-on-one is hard enough, let alone getting up you know, in front of a group, whether you are in front of 25, 30 people or in front of a computer screen. So it's not easy, you know, easier said than done. So thank you for sharing and being transparent and everything. Um, if you got to shed a tear, shed a tear. And that's coming from a guy. Cause I mean, for a long time, it's like, man, I ain't crying. Nope. Can't do it. And it's not like I just do it all the time, but sometimes, Hey, if it hits you, it hits you. It is yeah. what it is. So, um, Although somebody said something in the chat, thanks for having my back. But again, for Jackie uh, or Miss Meg Williams, thanks for sharing and wish you nothing but the best on that. And sometimes, I guess when you kind of wash your hands of situations, um, kind of oh, let me be specific because you said be intentional with your dad and everything. I've had other situations where might have been players or family members where I just had to say, hey, man, I wash my hands up, but I got to step away because I've tried to help and you won't listen and you won't take the, the, the help that's being offered to you. And maybe that's when it when the difference actually shows because maybe they wanted to depend on you, whatever the case may be. I don't know it all verbatim for the story, but just know, you know, we wish you the best on that too. Thank you. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Chelsea, I'm honored to be here today um, to serve with you all. This is, is part of my own healing process as well and growth. So I hope before we go, we can pray um, to close out. That's okay. Absolutely. You had uh, numerous thank yous. I just want to tell you that because I didn't want them to go unheard or unnoticed from many coaches. Uh, my brother Ty Garth from Fisk University, who's on here a lot, he's just basically said, Miss Jackie, thank you. Um, he appreciates your words and for what you're doing. Uh, he's on the way to an interview, but he's normally here. So he want to thank you, Coach Brown, and a lot of other coaches just said thank you. And I feel the same sentiments. I just want to thank you for your transparency and your authenticity and just for being who you are because I've watched. Like we talked about before everybody got on, and just to have that opportunity to tell you that, give you your flowers while you're here. I'm a firm believer in that. Trust me, I've been watching, and it helped my growth process. So CIAA for life. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And when you close us out to pr in prayer, could you please say a special prayer for Coach Charles Ward? He's yeah. uh, on the calls and with this and, uh, you know, it, for his health and healing from COVID. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank, this thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for giving your life, your son, for us. We thank you for every perfect gift and every obstacle. We thank you for the positions that you have put us in to make a difference and be a difference. We thank you for the unknowns, and we thank you for the knowns. We just thank you, God. We thank you for your word that is our playbook for life. Um, we thank you, God, for this COVID time that has stopped us in our tracks. Um, and we thank you, Lord, for the, the new ideas and new opportunities that will come through all of this. And we just thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. God, we lift those up who have been sick, family members who have been lost. We pray for Charles Ward. God, we ask that you heal. Heal him. We pray during this time, God, that he just trusts you for his process of healing and who benefits from it. God, we thank you. We pray for all of those that we don't know that have been sick. We pray for our country. We pray for the leadership at all of our institutions and our schools. We pray for our children. Lord, I pray for every single person on this call today that you just lift them up, God, that you see their hands and the work that they're doing, that you see their hearts, God, that they give and pour out every single day, and that you see their head, God, that you give them wisdom to lead and guide in the way that you desire us to lead. And for this reason, God, we come to you. We come to you, Father, with our fam as a family, 
we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you understanding the glorious riches that you have for us. May you give us strength and power through your spirit and your inner being so that we will dwell in the hearts through our faith. And I pray, God, that we're rooted and established in love and that we understand you more and abundantly every single day of our lives. And until we meet again, God, let us just enjoy this moment in this day because tomorrow is not promised. We give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Miss Jackie, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. you so much. You made all of our days. Everybody else that's on the call, thank you so much. We'll be here tomorrow, same time, same place with Coach uh, Lamont Franklin uh, with the University of Miami men's basketball. So thank you guys. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. God bless to you all. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care.